0: Hi, ladies. Welcome to the Virtue Podcast. My name is Debbie Eaton, and I'm going to share with you today on parenting. My husband and I have been married for nearly 40 years. We have four children, three are married, and out of those three married, we have 11 grandchildren. I want to share with you a few things from God's Word that made a difference in our parenting. My prayer for you is that you will be encouraged and equipped to do this thing called parenting, and ultimately glorify the Lord in it. In Titus 2.4, Paul is telling Titus to encourage the older women to teach the younger women to love their children. It says in Titus 2.4 that they, the older women, admonish or teach the young women to love their children. The word love here is the Greek word philotechnos, it's a special kind of mother love. The idea that flows out of this word, philotechnos, is that of preferring our children, caring for them, nurturing them, affectionately embracing them as one unique from the hand of God. This word Philotechnos in Titus 2.4 doesn't appear anywhere else in Scripture. That's how important it is for us to love our children. Paul is urging the women to take responsibility of training one another. The older women train the younger women. Paul was encouraging the Bublas, a Yiddish name for a Jewish grandmother, to teach the Mamalas, a Jewish mother, to love their children. We're going to look at how to love our children by teaching and training them. We're going to take a look at a few verses in Proverbs 13 to find out how to teach and train our children. Proverbs 13, verse 1, says, A wise son or daughter. Heeds his father's or mother's instructions. Number one, we teach and train our children by teaching them wisdom. You know, wisdom doesn't happen overnight. It takes time, it takes patience, it takes a whole lot of grace. It actually takes us two years to teach our children to walk and talk, and then 18 years to teach them to sit down and be quiet. And just when we think that we're making progress and our children growing wise. They turn this interesting age of twelve and thirteen, and we wonder what happened teenagers what happened? so much change is going on in their body. You know, not only is the body changing, but the brain is changing. And once puberty starts, the brain starts growing millions of neurons. There's already billions of neurons there. And now they're growing millions more neurons. They begin to start having abstract thinking. They have a new thinking ability. They begin to make decisions on their own, and they start understanding reasoning. But we have to help them with this new thinking ability. You know why? Because it takes a while. New studies show that the brain doesn't even fully develop until they're 25 years old. So this is the time in their life that they need us as moms to be the wise one. You are the influence in their life. Sometimes we're teaching them how to walk and how to talk all over again. You know, it says in James 1.5 that if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. We know we need to help them to become dependent on the Lord. Do they have questions? Do they have concerns? Pray with them. Read the Bible together help them to learn how to discern, help them to learn how to make decisions. We have to help our teenagers to think correctly. The concepts and the thinking and the ideas that teenagers have has to be in line with who God is and the plan he has for them. He has uniquely created them for a good work. I want to repeat that to you again. The concepts and the thinking and the ideas that teenagers have has to be in line with who God is and the plan he has for them. He has uniquely created them for a good work. Right thinking and truth will be hardwired in them if we teach and train them God's ways and his word. This is the time that we need to be praying and leaning on the wisdom of the Lord, We teach and train our children by teaching them wisdom. Looking at verse 3 from Proverbs 13, he who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. Number two, we teach and train our children by teaching them to guard their lips. In Webster's Dictionary, to guard means to secure against injury, loss, or attack, to protect and to keep safe, and to control. The book of James tells us we must be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. He also tells us we must tame our tongue. These are scriptures that we need to teach our children. Really, it all begins with me. How do we say things? What is my tone? Their best teacher is our example. I believe I should be able to get the same things done with a gentle voice as with a loud voice. It's good to try to get your kids to hear themselves when they talk to others. An example would be, what did you just say to your sister? Let's try that again. Let's turn that around and listen to how we said that. We need to really watch how we speak and know that when we guard our lips, we guard our life. We teach and train our children how to listen, how to guard our lips, and how to not speak rashly. In verse 10 of Proverbs 13, by pride comes nothing but strife, but with the well-advised is wisdom. Number three, we need to teach and train our children to love, to learn. We must all be students and learn to take advice from others. Be an example to your child and constantly be getting more advice on parenting or marriage or on the Bible Let them see that you are willing to get more informed on issues of life. You know, the opposite of pride is humility. If you need help or information on something, go ask. Ask a friend. Ask someone older in the Lord than you. Encourage one another. Pray with each other. Ask the Lord. Help each other know that this too shall pass. Listen to podcasts, just like you're doing with this one, to help you with things. Having teen trouble? Ask someone. Ask someone who has experience. Ultimately, what does God's Word say? Be Bible-dependent. You know, we teach and train our children by teaching them to love, to learn. In verse 13 of Proverbs 13, it says that he who despises the Word will be destroyed. But he who fears or respects the commandment will be rewarded. Number four, we teach and train our children to respect. We must teach them to respect people, to respect authority, our elders, other people's property. Are we respectful? Do we respect our elders? Do we hold the door open for others? How about an elevator? Do we rush right in or do we wait till the people step out of the elevator first? How about when we go to other people's homes? Are we respectful of their home? Do we clean up after ourselves? We need to teach our children by our example. We need to respect our husband. We need to respect people. How do we treat others? We need to respect authority. How do we respond to those over us? We need to take care of our elders. You know, we had a time, a season in our life of taking care of my parents. And this was a time to show our children how to honor our father and mother. Teach and train our children to respect. Verse 14 from Proverbs 13. The law of the wise is a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death. Number five We need to teach and train our children, and that will bring life to them. Ultimately, we have the responsibility to teach our children their need for a relationship with Jesus. When the brain begins to change at puberty, kids begin to question their faith. They wonder, Do I really believe in my mom's God? They need to start processing and understanding their own relationship with the Lord. One thing we did that helped our kids as they were navigating their relationship with the Lord is we encourage them to serve in ministry. Maybe they can help in the children's ministry or help pass out bulletins or help in the youth ministry. Also help them get involved in the youth ministry at your church. Help them to go to camp. Going to camp is life-changing for kids. We need to show them their own need for a relationship with the Lord. Not push our relationship with the Lord on them, but see their own sin and need of a Savior. We teach and train our children by teaching them how to walk with God, and then we get to spend eternity with them in heaven. In verse 20 of Proverbs 13, it says, He who walks with wise will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Number six, teach and train our children to walk with the wise. Notice it says walks, not runs. I set the pace. Who is the wise in this verse? Well, it starts with us, you, other moms, godly friends, godly relationships, teachers, peers, siblings. These are the wise ones in our children's life. Don't only be the authority in your child's life. Be a friend. I know some don't agree with that, but I put it into practice and I'm still a friend to all my adult children. We talk all the time. Sometimes we have to be the police with our kids, but balance that with just hanging out with them. Talk about things they want to talk about. Girls love to talk about their hair and their friends, their nails, clothes. And as they get older, they want to talk about boys and social media. Get into their world, be a friend. My granddaughter, Nora, she's four years old and she loves to do cartwheels. She would love for me to sit there and watch her do a hundred cartwheels. And if I can get her trust and love of her doing a hundred cartwheels, you can bet she's going to start talking to me as she gets older about her friends and about her uh, social media and the things that are going on in her world. Boys love to talk about sports. They want to play video games. Sit down and play a video game with your son. Talk about his friends. And as they get older, start opening the door of talking about girls and school and what kind of career they want. We need to take time with our children. You know, the scripture says that he who walks, walking takes time. We need to talk to our kids about everything, even if it's uncomfortable. Keep the lines of communication open. If they have a phone and they text, we need to text, text, text with them. Get into their world. Keep the walls down. Be the carpool mom. Be the one who loads up all the kids and takes them out for an ice cream. Let your home be where the kids come over and hang out and eat pizza and watch a movie. You may not have the cleanest home in town, but at least you'll know where your children are and who they are hanging with. Proverbs 14.4 says, Where no oxen are, the trough is clean. If you keep the oxen, the kids, at your home, the trough, your house, won't stay so clean, but it'll all be good. Also remember, we are raising someone else's spouse. Teach them to communicate. Teach them to be open and honest. Teach them how to clean up after themselves. You know, the second half of that verse 20 is the companion of fools will be destroyed. Know who your children are hanging out with. Network with other moms. When the kids start hanging out with friends, make sure everyone is on the same page. Give each other a call. Find out what their rules are about movies and about cell phones and about the internet. Keep the communication open and compare notes. And especially as our teenagers begin to date and have the opposite sex hanging out. Make sure you're on the same page with the other family and the other mom as to what the rules are for them. We teach and train our children by teaching them to walk with the wise. Verse 22 from Proverbs 13, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. I'm not talking about an earthly inheritance. I'm talking about an eternal inheritance. No matter what our past is or what our parents' past is, we can break the chain and pass on to our children a godly heritage. What is this inheritance? Well, it's a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. It's the hope of heaven, eternal life, wisdom, righteous living, a life full of peace and joy an abundant life in Christ. One thing I did for each of my children growing up is I read a Bible for them. I had a Bible that I used for everything. I took it to church with me. I read it as my daily Bible reading. I even taught from it when I taught Bible studies. I took notes in it. It was my Bible for a season of my life. And once I finished reading the Bible cover to cover, I gave the Bible to them at a momentous time in their life. Perhaps it was their graduation or their marriage, a special time in their life. It was a treasure I loved giving to them. More importantly than anything, we pass on to our children an inheritance that will last from generation to generation, and that is a daily, consistent walk with God. Did you know that our children will be the only earthly possession that we have that we'll take to heaven? We teach and train our children by passing on to them a godly heritage and the hope of eternal life. Let me leave you with this poem. Some would gather money along the path of life. Some would gather roses and rest from worldly strife. But I would gather children from among the thorns of sin. I would seek a golden curl and a freckled, toothless grin. For money cannot enter in that land of endless day, and the roses that are gathered soon will wilt away. But oh, the laughing children as I cross the sunset sea and the gates swing wide to heaven, I can take them in with me. Thank you for joining us today on this podcast. I pray that you will have walked away feeling encouraged and having tools in your hand to be able to help you in the place that you are in your parenting, whatever place you are, whether it's from toddlers all the way up to teenagers and adult children.